Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today we are starting a little back to school series, friends. Back to school 2021. Yay, back to school 2021. Uh, I think that stuff's going to start to hit the fan if it hasn't already done so when it comes to classroom setup and classroom decor. I myself have a couple of YouTube videos coming out to the universe about classroom setup and classroom decor. But right now, we're going to talk about really what that can look like, what it might start to feel like, and what it should, and what we're giving you permission to have that process look like teachers going back into or stepping for the first time into a classroom in the fall of 2021. Amanda, are you ready? Yeah. Hey, this is what you guys need to keep in mind this episode, okay? What matters to you? Do yes. you... Because this season is very distracting. So throughout this episode and all of the scrolling and all of the things that you're doing, try to think about like your core, what matters to you. One of the first things we teach in curriculum rehab, our uh, curriculum, year-long curriculum design course is to define what matters and what are your, we call them your pillars of okay. your teaching craft. This is touching upon that idea. <laughs> you need to know your pillars. Yep. There's no other way to make it through the chaos of this season, the distractors, the dementors, and uh, you just <laughs> need, you need to know. Got to be grounded. What matters to you? Do you know what else you need to do? Cue the, Cue music. the music. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> 
listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So Amanda, I have to start this off by saying one of the biggest growth like mechanisms for me when it came to social media, especially my YouTube channel was my classroom setup and classroom decor videos. So as we're going to start talking about, we've got three keys to keep in mind when it comes to a classroom setup. Once again, whether you're stepping back into the same room where you've been before, like myself, stepping into a room that is new to you or stepping into your very first classroom ever. (laughs) We have three keys that we want you to keep in mind because they're going to help you stay grounded. And I hear myself and yes, these are things I, can I get a little bit out of control? Yes, but I'm going to heed our advice here. The three things that we want you to keep in mind with every single decision, anything and everything that goes into or up in a classroom, it needs to be intentional, it needs to be functional, and it needs to be created or put in place with mindfulness. Yes. Yes. And we're going to break that down in a few minutes here. 100%. Amanda, describe to us your classroom working as a an intentional, functional, and mindful space. Like what, if you could just explain the most functional your classroom has ever been, what was that like? That my classroom could do work for me. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm like at a spoken word, like coffee shop. And I'm just like snapping a bra. That's amazing. Okay. Now explain what the heck you meant by that. here's, here's, (laughs) Here's what I was just telling Marie was we were kind of just brainstorming before we started talking is that there are some very tricky little, pretty little ponies that are whispering in your ear, Hey, what theme is your room going to be this year? Hey, what sparkly thing are you going to get at the dollar spot this year? And when I say my room worked for me, that was way better than anything sparkly or glittery. Okay. So my room worked for me in that the way the room was set up, I could point, I could signal, I could have a timer finish counting down And there were spaces and places where kids went, materials went, things went in order to accomplish a goal for me that I no longer had to do. So like an old school example of that and a very basic example of that was having a clear functioning turn in bin. That's what I was going to say, an inbox. Yes, an inbox. (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a turn in bin. And like, I had that down to the science that worked for me. I actually had my students number their work. So I could, I could grade things alphabetically, blah, blah, blah. Like that was once upon a time, a thing. I have a cell phone policy that's ready to go and is part of my classroom decor. It's a shoe hanger next to a power strip. And if I see a phone, I just look at the kid. I look at the phone. I point at the shoe hanger and there it goes. If you got a power cord, let it charge, but I don't want it in front of you, right? Again, all of this kind of stuff that needs to be rethought for what that looks like in the upcoming school year, right? Because a lot of that's changing, but the decor, the things that covered my wall or the things that took up space in my room had some kind of way of actually helping me. And that was always kind of like the deciding point. And I'll, I'm going to switch this back over to you, Marie, but I'd say like, if you're listening to this in real time and it's still summer, you're not back. One rule that helped me stick to this over the summer was I picked two projects. 
one project that would rehab a system, a routine, or a process in my room, and one that was just pure fun and beautification. So just, I just say limit, limit yourself and don't think you can do all of it at the same time. So two for me was practical because I didn't want to spend the whole summer in my classroom. So I picked two things. I did two things and that was it. So So I'm a total weirdo. I have no problem spending all summer in my classroom. I have no, I have no problem with it. I love it there. I love creating spaces that I feel comfortable in that reflect me, that reflect my students, you know, like, so all of the reasons why glitter and what would you call it? Shiny and pretty dollar spot. Yeah. Yeah. Shiny ponies. I I love me a shiny pony. I want to name it. I want to adopt it as my pet, Mm -hmm. but there's an order of operations here. What's that? What's the thing? Was it PEMDAS, right? Yeah. Oh, 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 you're welcome. That's my entire, that's all I have for you. That was the extent of my knowledge, but there's an order of operations here. Things need to be intentional. They need to be functional and they need to be mindfully placed or mindfully brought in so that they are functioning and they are serving you and your students. After that, once it like whatever it is, a bulletin board, a seating arrangement, a freaking plant, like whatever it is, as the, if there's a purpose and sometimes that purpose is because it makes me smile hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. But like, make sure it all has to do with just slowing down because yes. I have a whole cabinet in my classroom right now that like as new teachers are coming in, cause we have a few new teachers coming into our school next year. I have already told my admin, can you please make their tour a stop in my classroom to come and shop just the crap that I have. And it's not like, yes, just because I don't need it. It's not serving anybody like my magnetic, you know, marker holders. How many can I have? I did the overboard over by forgot what I had bought things again. They've been in the back of a like cabinet. And so I'm going to be dispersing these things into the universe because I spent some time before school ended paring things down. My mantra for next year is exactly what Amanda said at the beginning of this episode. Focus on what matters. Focus on what matters curricularly. Focus on what matters for students' social emotional health. Focus on what matters for me as a professional and as a person. And, you know, like, and, and a lot of that has to do with, I like to feel good in my space as a lot of people do. I would say most human beings like to feel good in their space, which is why like HGTV and home decor things are so big and popular, but I don't want to feel good in my space where it's keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with the teacher Graham. I want to feel good in my space where I get to take a great idea, chew on it for a little bit, find another great idea, be like, you know what? That could be really cool. How can that work within my curriculum? How can that work within what I do on a day-to-day basis in my classroom? And I know we're going to talk through a few of the functional spaces that you had in your classroom, Amanda, but like my whole frame around this is not don't have a classroom theme. I hundred percent have a classroom theme. It's like all coffee shop. I've added some plants. See where I bought the plant thing back in because just the idea of like new life. And after having like, you know, a classroom during COVID, I'm like, let's have things that clean the air. And it makes you feel good and it's nice and it's fresh, but I've also moved things around in my classroom where we just have open space. So like, as we're thinking through things, Always take all the ideas. Have a place to put down all the ideas. Yes. Go overboard on the ideas. Make Pinterest boards until you're blue in the face. And then think through what's intentional, what is functional, and be mindful so that things work and leave white space. Like leave blank space. It's okay. It's okay. 
This episode is brought to you by Curriculum Rehab by us, the team here at Brave New Teaching. It is the first and only teacher PD of its kind, a course to help teachers like you by guiding you through creating your own personal framework for curriculum. You make it work for you, your students, and your unique situation because nobody else knows what the kiddos in your classroom need the way that you do. Curriculum Rehab takes all of the resources available to you, all of the lessons, the assessments, the activities, all of the texts, everything that could possibly be there for you, and it helps you organize what you actually need in order to attain your teaching objectives. These are the strategies that Amanda and myself have used in our own classrooms, have developed over very long years of teaching and figuring things out combined together to create this framework and these strategies that we can guide you through. This course will give you the tools you need for a complete curriculum overhaul or to start from scratch. Wherever you are on that continuum, it does it all for you and with you on your timeline. So start today, do a little bit more in a couple of months, and then pick it up next summer. It's Teacher PD the way it should be on your own time. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash course for more information, or just head to the show notes for this episode. We cannot wait to see you there. It's finally time to take control of what goes on in your own classroom and create the curriculum of your dreams. All right, let's get back into the show. One thing I've been talking to my, my life coach slash therapist about, like, this is really like, was kind of mind blowing for me this is going to sound like a reach for a second. And then I'm going to get to the point. Okay. I'm kind of struggling with myself with food and fitness. Okay. So I grew up learning that there was moral value to food. Some food was good and some food was bad. Sure. Right. I also kind of had that same thing with fitness. Like I went to the gym I watched a show Well, one person was good and one person was bad. So how this I think connects to what we're talking about is if you're someone who wants to go and make this beautiful, organized, glittering Pinterest dream that doesn't make you good or bad or good or bad teacher, it is you knowing yourself and what makes you feel energized and happy and at home in your room. If you're the kind of person that's a little bit type B, like me, a little messy, a little sloppy. And when I think about decorating my room, it's really just to avoid doing all the things that I actually have to do. (laughs) Um, And I end up, you know, that to me, when I, when I put out like a big project for my classroom of what I want it to look like, and it's just decor, I end up getting to August 15th with the first day of school being August 16th, having not finished any of those projects, not planned for the first three days of school and anxiety ridden and panicked. So I think that hearing from both of us, the moral of that story is you do you. Right. And Prioritize. Yeah. Don't, and don't let anyone make you feel like any of those decisions qualify you as a good or bad teacher. Cause they don't, even though I've been there, it kind of feels like it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So we did we did an episode last week for new teachers talking about how new teachers need mentors. We talked about our new teacher mentorship program. So if you have a new teacher in your life, or if you are a new teacher and you haven't heard last week's episode, pop on over there after this one because we we dropped some good like not just for new teachers, but also for veteran teachers. Like we need mentors too. That's why teacher community is such a huge piece of like this profession because. Being an island as a classroom teacher is really, really hard to put it lightly. (laughs) But then at the same time, like Amanda's saying, 
you know what feels right for you. Yep. And sometimes that new shiny, exciting moment feels right because it's what's exciting. It's what's energizing you. Absolutely. Everything in moderation, right? Like for me, I get very excited as we know about many things. I get very excited about a decor project. If that decor project doesn't tick off all of my like priorities, it can't happen. And I get pretty pissy about it. Like I really wanted to create that bulletin board, but you know what? The bulletin board wasn't going to be serving my students and it wasn't going to be serving me that well. So it needs to go and move on to the next thing. I allow myself a certain amount of time to just, you know what I'm going to do today? Redo all of my bookshelves. Does it need to quote unquote need to happen? No. Did it happen? Yes. Do I now walk into my classroom and have an organized, I mean, I'm an English language arts teacher. Like I got a lot of books. Yes. yes. And so, yes, it's functional in that now I can help a kid find a book. Now I can help a colleague with something I'm loaning out. Absolutely. It wasn't pressing in the moment when I did it. But then once it was done, I gave myself one afternoon to get it done and I got it done. And then I was able to like feel like I had accomplished something. I think we've gone kind of off of our uh, back to school setup train, but it's all, it's all, it's it's all in the same vein. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your why, knowing what's important and. So speaking of new teachers, one of the things that I will say, even not even as a new teacher, but like when I, a few years ago, went back into the high school English classroom, I had been in elementary school for a couple of years before that I was teaching theater. And I came back into the high school English classroom for the first time in like eight years, I was trying to set up intentional spaces. And I sat there going, I, I actually don't know what my turn in bin is going to look like right now. Like, I actually don't know until I have kids in here for a month or two and I get into a rhythm and I start to create my own systems. I was trying to adopt systems that were somebody else's or that I had not yet created. You can't adopt something before it's like happened. And so that's where I, that's when I was saying like, leave blank space earlier in this episode, it's okay to just have a blank board. It's okay to have an open table. It's okay to just have a hole, a hole in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to have everything done before the first day of school. Right. You're going to figure it out as you go. I mean, I was 10 years into the profession and trying to, and like, nope, I need to not decorate that corner, you know, or I need to not put anything there. I need to figure out how I'm going to use what I already have. And then when I see something I need, I have space to put that in there. It's also hard on the flip side of things when you have a room that is totally done or that has been taught in and lived in for however much time. And you're like, I need to change things, but I don't know where to start. It's like finding like the top five things, like, you know, finding your routines as a classroom teacher and like how, like Amanda was saying, how can the spaces become functional for you and serve your routines. Hey, talk about your bell ringers. I know your bell ringers had a really good like routine that could serve you and make things efficient. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I've got, I've got probably four examples I can run through with you. The first would be bell ringers. So our bell work situation was set up and we talk about this in our pacing episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll put, we'll link that in the show notes. Um, We also talk about it in our classroom management episode, but bell work for me is actually number one priority is classroom management. And priority two is instructional, right? It's connected to class. So our bell work was always something seated, independent, and quiet. And so what I had to make sure was possible in my room was that number one, everyone could see the screen because the screen is where I had whatever the prompt was, whatever they were working on. And two, I needed something for kids to do who finish early. 
So I am like the queen of QR codes. And so when kids would finish early on their bell work, I had a station in my room where kids could go to scan the QR code for what's next or like a a do now or a do now that you're done early finisher type of situation. Not fancy, but there was a space, there was a poster and there was a QR code. And it was linked to a page on my, my website that kids could, you know, just go to now. They didn't have to actually get up unless they wanted to. Um, but that was really helpful. Number one, I'd say number two, another functional space that really, and Marie talked about this a little bit before was my classroom library. Mm-hmm. My classroom library was not serving me very well because it was always a disaster. And I am not an organized person. I am not someone who likes to spend 25 minutes color coordinating my bookshelves. Like, Oh my God. I I, love it so much. Mine are a rainbow now. And I love it. Sorry. Okay. I love looking at pictures of people doing that, but I don't actually do it. And it took me a long time to just admit that because I want to be that person, but I'm, I'm not. So what I did is I actually did, I downsized my classroom library and I only keep books in the room or on display. I should say that are like five-star kick-ass books that I have recently read and recently book talked. Everything else is in a closet or on a shelf that's like not really accessible. And like we go there when we need to, but like it's not something I clean, maintain, or organize because I just had to cut that out. Um, So I did that. And then number three was again with QR codes. One of the things that made me want to quit teaching, (laughs) Not, not really. One of the things that drove me nuts was when kids like right around October, November would say things to me like, um, Miss Cardenas, what do I do with my homework that's late? Where do I put it? Or uh, Mrs. Cardenas, can I go to the bathroom? Uh, Mrs. Cardenas, um, I sent you an email and you haven't responded yet. Okay. So I had a list of like the 10 most frequently asked questions that drove me crazy. And they drove me crazy because I had already answered them right. for a bajillion times right. between August and September. And they all know the answer or were not breathing or having a pulse for two months. Okay. So I pre-recorded videos of me answering those questions on Snapchat, downloaded into my phone, and I just created a QR code. So that when my kids asked me an asinine question that they, I, they already knew the answer to, I just pointed to the back corner of my room. And I said, well, go find out the answer. Or yeah. I said nothing. And I just pointed. <laughs> well, because it's like, okay, boo, that's some learned helplessness right there. Um, right. Yeah, no, but that's, that's and a space in your yeah. room. The thing with like, if you talk about decor, right up on your walls and that sort of, yes, they were pretty posters. Oh yeah. Functional, functional piece for all of your preps. Like any class that came through is going to use something like that. I've had to backtrack a lot of things. It was like too much one of my good friends calls it August dreams. And then, oh, what is it? It's like August dreams, September realities or something like that. It's true though. I have these dreams of changing out my bulletin board with every unit and da, 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 da. That is not something that I'm going to do. Some teachers do that and they can totally work it and carry it on. I'm, I am not that girl. I can absolutely do a couple maybe during the year. Like I'll do little mini classroom transformations for a day or two and then everything goes away. But like completely changing what's up on my walls is just not a thing that this teacher does. 
So I make the spaces flexible. I like to decorate for holidays and for seasons and that sort of thing. And so I have tiny little things in little pockets around the room that just make it feel homey, but I don't have to have a big, huge poster of a jack-o'-lantern or a big, huge poster of hearts. And I mean, I would if I could, but I can't. So I one, one easy way to do what Marie is talking about is think through this is if you're, you know, a little bit more experienced, if you're new, this will be hard. Uh, but if you're experienced and you know, like, what is your go-to lesson plan in like the, in two scenarios, one independent work, what is your go-to, like, what does that look like in your room? And does your room reflect an easy way for that to happen? So that would be like, I'd say like your seating, like where, where people are facing, how far apart they are from each other. And then number two, I'd say like, what does your group work situation look like mostly? Like, are you getting kids in random groups all the time? And there are some in the hallway, some in your room. I, I know for me, group work is almost always paired with stations. I do stations all the time. So I actually have like, I had signs in my room that said station one, two, three, four, five, like they were permanent. So mm-hmm. whenever we did station work, the home for that station work was always available. And that was blank space. I mean, I labeled it, but it was blank space or I had white big post-its already ready to go in those areas all the time. So if like tomorrow I want to do stations, I didn't have to set up anything. Right, Everything right. was already kind of there. And that's another example of it being functional and doing the work for you. And just being there and being ready and being done because it's something you do all the time. So I, I, at the the time that this podcast episode comes out, I think this YouTube video will already be out, but I can't see the calendar in front of me. I have a YouTube video coming on the caffeinated classroom about my furniture arrangement and how I have changed it. This flexible seating arrangement has seen multiple iterations. I am currently in what I think is my favorite one because it leaves a lot of space for bodies to move around and it is completely collaborative work centered. With space for students to separate, but it's like we collaborate more than we do individual work. So that's how the room is set up. We don't have to move the tables for group work. We're there. Yep. We just turn a chair for independent work or they pop in some headphones, right? Like those little things that, and and I found that out through, this is just what I do. This is how I operate. One of my pillars, like we were saying before is collaboration. And so that's what I do every day, students are working together in some capacity and my room is set up for it without any transition. Like it's done. That's how yes. your room does the work for you. And that's yep. the real glory. That is the real, that's, you've made it. You've made so, it. To backtrack, because I think we have either overwhelmed or beat the dead horse to the point where I think our teacher friends are ready to start brainstorming and create some Pinterest boards or start setting things up. Uh, intentional, functional, mindful. Those are the, that's like the checkoff, the quick, easy checkoff to get you to a point of like a, yes, I will do this or no, this needs to stay in Pinterest for a little while longer. And don't forget if you're brand new, we are here to support you. We just started a brand new beginning teacher mentorship program. We'd love to talk to you about taking you under our wing. So head to our show notes to find out more about that and be sure to share, rate, review, and let everyone know that you learned something today or we affirmed something for you today. Absolutely. And when you do start setting up your classrooms or fixing up your classrooms, tag a little brave new teaching action on that when you post that stuff on uh, on the good old Instagram, because I like to see what other people are doing and see how that functionality and intentionality and mindfulness are working for you. Thank you so much for listening today. We will see you guys next week and uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.